I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Manages it and then the ball out to Blackett Taylor. It's a lovely chest control to take him past Tucker. And he's up against McKenzie. Ball into the box. We'll give a lead. Can he get there? Lee does and scores! Elliot Lee! Bags a goal for the Addicts. A lovely ball in. Pinpoint. Thought at first when it came in, it might have overstretched Elliot Lee, so he might have missed the opportunity. But what a fine strike to give Charlton the lead. Yeah, I want to talk about the ball into Corey Blackett Taylor, his first touch, which was exceptional, which took him away from one defender in down the line. And then the ball across is absolutely inch perfect. Dropping ball, stop at Lee, and that's a lovely ball through to Washington. He sprung the offside trap. Washington into the box. Can he finish? That's a block. From Tucker. will blow for half time. A half that's uh, Charlton for the most part have absolutely dominated. It's a long one, deep one. Don't get something on it, but it'll drop in the middle. And it's uh, a block from the Ooh. shot, I think, from Bennett. They're uh, appealing the handball, but the distance it travelled was uh, minute, but there was an arm out. Yeah, no surprise. Bill and Ben down in the technical area going absolutely mental <laughs> at, the, at the linesman. He's not going to change it, mate. Leave him alone. Corner into Lloyd. Lloyd reverse ball into Dempsey. He's got acres of space. Dempsey takes the shot. Off the post and in. I think that... I don't know if it came off Oliver... Uh, Bennett, rather, or it came off Purrington. But the shot cannon off the post. And then deflected back in. And after ten and a half minutes, it's one all here. It is... And they had a 2v1 corner. We saw it Saturday at Wickham as well, where Wickham took two short corners. We weren't alert enough. We didn't get out and, and stop that short corner with at least a 2v2. Same thing here. It was a 2v1 situation. They took the corner quick. He was allowed to drift in on his right. Taylor foot. drills the ball across. It's a shot. Oh, it's saved to the right. Davison with the shot. Oh, another good save. This time it was Lavelle who connected. We're coming again with the side. Crossfield and Long again looking for Lloyd. He's, oh, he's just barreled into the back of uh, McKe- uh, Matthews and he's got away with it. He takes a shot off the post. That would have been a travesty if that got in. Well, that had to be a foul on Matthews. And that is the final action of the game. And it's honours even.
Hello and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. We'll be looking back at the draw uh, with Gillingham in midweek and, of course, ahead to Saturday's home clash uh, with uh, Portsmouth. Joining me uh, to do that, first up, we've got uh, Mr. Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Luke? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks for, for joining us on the show. We're also joined uh, by Benji Cloak. How you doing, Ben? I saw you, saw you jogging just before the show. Which is, I, I ate some hula hoops, so we have slightly different approaches to how we sort of build up to a show. <laughs> yeah, different warm-ups, but it's good to get my mind flowing and different uh, things going in my head ready for this amazing show. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the same reason I ate the hula hoops, actually, just to get me stimulated enough to, to do another show of Charlton Live after a, a, a draw in midweek. I don't know how we're going to describe that. Probably disappointment that once again we've, we failed to win. Uh, only one win out of eight so far this season. Um, so we just heard the highlights there. We're going to hear from Nigel Atkins uh, shortly as well. We've got some tweets and emails and a fans bar. Uh, and of course, we're going to hear uh, later on in the show, we're going to hear from Heather Alderson from the Supporters Trust. Uh, the mosaic for Seb Lewis is being unveiled uh, on Saturday. So she just gives us a little bit more information uh, about that. And then, of course, we will turn our attention to that game uh, with Portsmouth once again, hearing from Nigel Atkins. So, I mean, we just heard the highlights there, Lewis. Um, Game of two halves very much down at Priestfield. The absolute classic. I thought, you know, we're excellent in the first half and, and could have been further ahead, uh, leading 1-0 at the break thanks to Elliot Lee's goal. But we, I think we were a bit shell-shocked in the second period. Gillingham came out a different side. Uh, they're very much in our faces. We didn't really have anywhere near the level of control that we had in that first half. Uh, did have a couple of chances ourselves, but, but Gillingham will feel they should have had a penalty. They hit the post as well so I mean you could say we could have won it we could have lost it point probably a fair result overall not what we were looking for though in the current circumstances no sadly not and like you say it really was a a game of two halves Um, a lot of um, I don't know raised eyebrows before kickoff with the the team sheet coming out I think it was a a lineup that no one really expected to see Um, whilst at the same time completely expecting it because it was leaked onto the forum the day before exactly that yeah (laughs) we all knew it before yeah, um, yeah, it was a bit of a change-up, wasn't it? Seeing Stockley come out as we had kind of expected um, after the weekend, as it had been mentioned before. Um, Blackett Taylor getting a start as well after an impressive performance at Wickham, and I thought he was fantastic again on, on a Tuesday. I thought he was great. Um, and yeah, classic Taylor two halves. That first half, we got the ball on the floor a lot more. Um, we got into dangerous areas. We used Blackett Taylor on that right-hand side, who caused their, their left-back McKenzie absolute woes all game. They couldn't get anywhere near him. I thought he was he was outstanding. Um, got ourselves ahead through Elliot Lee and we kept knocking on the door, really. And it was a real a real positive start and something that I hope that we would have built on. But, yeah, as you say, we came out in that second half and, and looked a bit of a polar opposite, which was really disappointing. Um, I don't know whether taking Connor Washington off maybe changed the system up a little bit. Lecco came in and... Me and Benji were at the game together. We were saying he just kept drifting inside, and there was, there was no one on that on that other flank to to cause any pressure, which was where we were having the joys in that first half. We started resorting to the long ball again, and Gillingham uh, get themselves back into the game um, with a you know just didn't pick up Dempsey that entire second half. He completely ran that game in the second half, and yeah, unfortunate own goal for for Ben Perrington. Um and yeah, just disappointed to come away with with just the point to be honest because I mean either side could have nicked it if, I mean, if it wasn't for some great saves from their goalkeeper um coming in that second half from from Josh Davison um it could have gone our way and like like you say they've probably had a penalty that that looked quite suspect turned down 
uh, and also that um, that shot off the post as well. So, yeah, probably in all in all, the fair result would have been the point. I was quite worried that Gillingham would have nicked it in that second half because they looked so much more in the ascendancy. But I'm disappointed that it was only a point because I felt that we should have built on that first half performance. And I really don't think we took advantage of just how well we exploited their weaknesses in the first half. We seem to do the opposite in the second. Mm, yeah, Ben, I, I, don't, I don't know really how I felt coming out. I mean, considering everything that had been served up so far this season, obviously at half time I was delighted. You know, we were playing well, we were a goal up. We, we didn't really capitalise on that in the second half. Um, you know, as I said, easily could have won it, easily could have lost it as well. Um <sighs> If we would, if we'd started the season really well, and then we went on a Tuesday night to Gillingham, played played well in one half, got got an entertaining point, you'd probably come over and go, yeah, that's not too bad. But I guess when you look at it overall, we're, we're not really in a position where we can go away to Gillingham and, and only pick up a point. I mean, it's we no matter how good parts of it were, there were still disappointing parts in the second half, and and we need to start picking up wins. It's, it's as simple as that, really. It is, yeah, I agree. I think. Um, Nigel, after the game, and I think some of the players on social media were looking for the positives from the performance. Uh, and of course, as you said, and Lewis said, that the first half was a big positive and some key performances from players, the likes of Blackett Taylor, what a performance from him. Elliot Lee, really positive in that first half. That lovely ball he put through for Connor Washington, which, I tell you what, he should have scored. We go on the Half time, we're two 0 up. It's a different game, but yeah, I mean, you look at it on a different context. It's it's a point gained from this how this season's gone, but reality, we should be beating sides like that. And I know we're looking at the positives from it, but if you look at it in reality, reality, come on, we should be doing better than that. Especially after our first half performance, I think in the second half, shouldn't have let them back in the game like we did. I think Nigel should have reacted better because in those first 10 minutes of the second half, you could just tell they were going to score. Um, they were knocking on the door, as Lewis said, contentious penalty decision. Oh, it was a massive roar went up. We were too far away at the time, but Ben, ben Watson's arms were raised. You've seen them given, but you know Keith Strauss, like as a ref, he, he let it go. But such a poor goal to concede as well. I mean, I was next to Lewis, as he said, and... Um, I was going, look, 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 come on, we need another man out there. And of course, they can't hear me. But why why couldn't we see that and send someone out there? I felt sorry for um, for Parrington, like let down by the rest of his defenders. Great, well, great cross comes shot in and it deflects off him off the post. It's just poor. That second half, the basics, <clears throat> sorry, my voice gone. The basics, we just didn't do properly. We, we resorted back to what we have been doing in games. Dropping back, no one taking uh, control of the ball and saying, give me the ball, I'm going to be responsible for it. Poor balls to Blackett Taylor. He couldn't do what he was doing in the second half. They were playing it to him with his back towards goal. And, uh, I mean, he did brilliant. He was a real standout. That's a positive for us. Real standout player. Even in that second half, gave him the ball, ran down the touchline, squared it. And as um, Lewis just said, Davison shot so brilliantly saved by Cummins. So we did have those chances in the second half. We did have some shots on goal, but it's just we became weak in the middle. And as, as Lewis said, that Dempsey ran the second half and we became weak and dropped off. And I don't know what was said. We lost our shape, but there are positives to take. But in reality, it's just not good enough. We need to be doing a lot better than that in games. Mm, yeah, I mean, let's talk about that first half then. And, and obviously, in particular, Corey Blackett-Taylor. 
uh, played a massive part in it. But we were we were getting the ball down and, and, and we were breaking with purpose, which is something we haven't really done all season. Obviously, part of that people will say is the fact that, that Jaden Stockley was taken out of the equation to use the, the wording that Nigel did last Saturday when he hinted to me that he might do that. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that that did actually have the, the outcome that he would have hoped for. Yeah, 100%. I, I thought Blackie Taylor was absolutely outstanding. I thought he, he came in on Saturday and I think I mentioned this on the show on Sunday that when he came in, people were saying that, oh, he's not he's not great with attitude when you're up against it and, you, and you're losing games it was the total opposite on on Saturday he came on and made things happen and he he could you know if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have created half those chances Saturday that got us that consolation back and, and could have nicked it at the end and the same yesterday was just a live wire the entire first half and he did what we've been crying out for for ages we just keep it on the deck and take the take the man on out wide and it drags the whole team up with him and you saw Josh Davison as well sort of floating around he 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 looked exhausted at the end, Josh Davison. But again, I thought he had a fairly decent first half because he was. Me and Benji were discussing like he's up there as that solo striker almost. But he was moving around so much, he was looking to get in position for the ball rather than just being the person that would knock a ball on if it was played long. And that really helped Blackett Taylor out on that side. And there were some really nice link ups between him, between Elliot Lee, between Josh Davison, uh, and that's what we've been crying out for because it was keeping it on the deck and it was dragging it forward and. Yeah, I'm really, really impressed with him, and I'm glad it's working out as well. Because I was impressed with his performance when he when he played against Crawley and got that goal. Again, great a great appearance on Saturday, as I've already said. But he totally ran the show in the first half for us. He was absolutely unplayable, um, and it's just a shame that we changed the way we played so much in that second half because it it as Benji said, it took him out of the game that little bit more, and he was causing so many issues in that first half. Why were we not exploiting that in the second again? Why are we not using him to those strengths and creating those chances that we did in the first half? It's just, it's incredibly frustrating that we resort to this like panic long ball football at one nil up at Gillingham. You know, we were, we were well on the front foot. We should be trying to get that second goal, trying to secure the three points rather than just, you know, sitting on with that one goal deficit. And when, it, when a team gets back into it, especially with the confidence of our players at the moment and, maybe the patience and confidence of supporters. And when it starts going wrong, the moans and groans appear and all of a sudden the Gillingham crowd are right behind it. And me and Benji called that goal before it even hit the net. As soon as they went up to take that corner, we said, this is going to be a goal. It's just It just had that feel of being a goal. We were so off the pace at that point. It was so frustrating. But yeah, all in all, I mean, not a great, I don't know. It's a point at the end of the day, which is better than it's been of late. But the only real positive for me to take out of it is a, a, another fantastic performance from Corey. Mm. It does pose a question, obviously, that first half performance where we did get the ball down and play, Ben. Uh, is is Josh Dayden Stockley come straight back into the team? I mean, based on what you saw, I mean, obviously, the different formation tactics, whatever Nigel want, wants to go for on Saturday will pay a part in that. But, I mean, based on what you saw, we played a different way and it worked a lot better for us. So I don't think he walks back into that team now. I think it'd be harsh on Davison. I think first 45 minutes he did play well. But I think he, as Lewis said, he did tire. Um, and his touch w- was starting to get a bit off. And But then it's, it's harsh on Jaden Stockley as well. Because he's one of the top five strikers in the league, in my opinion. But it's, it's the team's fault that we're not playing to his attributes and his qualities. And obviously the management fault. We're not playing... We're not directing our play towards a player who's got so much ability and so much to give to our team. We're not playing to that. I mean, look, we've just spoken there about how well Blackett Taylor played and how much problems he caused. 
why can't he then do that again on Saturday and supply crosses for Jaden Stockley to head in or have another winger the other side and, and do exactly the same? I mean, we could do that. But the thing is, with Stockley up there, our defenders see him, and I know a lot of people were critical of Famwell against Wickham. He just kept doing that. He just kept sending it long to Stockley. And the rest of the defence, or midfield, they don't like to take responsibility on the ball. So instead, of it seems like they're scared to make a mistake or run with the ball. And as I said, in the second half, we did that. And it, it feels like when he's there, we go, oh, I don't know what to do. I'll just give it to Stockley. And without him there, they couldn't do that on, on Tuesday night. It, it came into play in the second half. But we, we played a lot better on the floor. And, and of course, Davison's a younger player. He's more nimble. He was running around. But just drawing defenders out of position is key. And that's what Connor Washington was doing in the first half. And obviously, we just said, like, Lecco, I don't know what position he was playing in. He wasn't wired out, so they compacted us more in the middle. And that's what teams are trying to do to us, compact us in the middle. And then we, we worry and then lose the ball. But if we draw players out of position, it helps. So, looking at Saturday, I think I'd go with Davison again. Just a bit more athleticism. I think they play free at the back, Pompey. So just drag drag their three centre-backs out a little bit. And, um, yeah, just try and get more of the first half going again. And, as I said, I was, I was impressed by Elliot Lee again in the first half. I think he, he tired in the second half. But he helped that little touch he plays. Um, and a great finish for the goal. One touch, bang. If Washington did that for for his chance, it would have been 2-0. And, um, yeah, a real, a real key player he's proven to be. And it's just linking those players together and gelling that team is, is what key. I know Nigel keeps saying we've got a big squad, it's wherever, but we've got to find our best 11 and how to use it. For me, Stockley is in our best 11, but we're not playing to his strengths at the moment. So until we get in a winning rhythm, we can't really use him until he's ready and we're ready to use him properly. Yeah, I mean, Ben makes a good point there. Obviously, I was about to talk about the, the fact that we made seven changes, was it, coming into this game? And we'd made six for the, the game at Wickham on, on Saturday. So, I mean, that's that's a whole host of changes to be making over over the course of two games. Um, clear, we still don't know exactly the the, the entirety of, of our best 11. And, and, you know, it comes down to a bit of fitness as well. Who can last Who can last an hour? Who can last a full 90 minutes? And, you know, we, we, we need to get closer to, to where we want to be in, in, in that case uh, b- before we will start to turn the corner properly. Yeah, we will. And as you say, like chopping and changing so much, it, it, we just don't know our best 11 and not even just the best 11. We just we don't know the system either. We don't seem to have the idea of what our identity is. We don't have an identity. And I think it was Gareth Ainsworth that said on Saturday that they they played to, to sort of mute us from having an identity, but we, we haven't got one. And that's the biggest concern is that we can churn out a performance like that first half, which really gets the fans going brings out the best in players, we play a bit more exciting football and then we can go out and churn out something like we did in the second half. I, I just don't understand why, why the identity changes like when we're, when we're ahead, I, I don't get it. And yeah, like you say, the chopping and changing, it doesn't help with the building up of partnerships and unities within a team. You know, Sam Lavelle and Jason Pierce have been at the back together uh, at Jill's. They were together for the um, the game at Wickham with Akin Fenwo. Before that, it was Fameway and Lavelle. Like it, it just chops and changes, and they can't build up proper partnerships. We've seen Gunter in there. Obviously, that's kind of forced because of what's been the injury issues we've had with, with Ben Perrington. Yeah, Papa Suare there. No one can seem to sort of cement a place. 
and and the same out wide. You know, with DJ, I, I put a tweet out the other day, which got a few mixed reactions about about DJ. But where is he? Like, he's one been one of the most dangerous players in my opinion. Yes, there's been some questionable final ball from him, um, but some of his performances have been outstanding. And he's nowhere near. Like, I have no idea where he is. I, I don't haven't heard of him being injured, but he's not around the squad. Charlie Kirk has has been bench the last two it wasn't even in the squad on Saturday it was unused sub again Tuesday that's someone we've we've spent a fee on that we've there was a lot of excitement around like what is happening like why are we not getting these players in and, and why are they not working at the moment and I, I don't know whether it's down to recruitment and it being so late and these players are still trying to find their feet and because we got these players late on it's taking Nigel time to work out what his best 11 is but they're things that we've brought on ourselves by doing the recruitment so late and we've got to be able to find a way of working this out because I think we spoke about this Sunday, Lou, that, you know, how long do you give it until you write the season off? Because at the moment, we're still sat down at the, the lower echelon. I don't know if we're still in the relegation zone. We might just be out of it by now. But we've got two tough home games now, back to back. And if we don't pick anything up out of those two, there's going to be serious concerns. And, you know, it for me... There's still there's a hell of a lot of work to be done, and at the moment I'm just questioning how we're going to achieve those because the the gap we've already got between us and the top six is a massive concern if we're serious about a promotion challenge this season. And how long do you give it before that gap becomes too much and you can't make up the ground? So something's got to change and change quickly because at the moment the, all the chopping and changing doesn't really help. Uh, and I, yeah, I've just got serious concerns we, we're going to struggle to turn this around at the moment yeah we are still in the relegation zone only a point from safety though which is good news uh, we're, we're the fourth bottom side so we're, we're top of the relegation zone so we are top of something Ipswich are above us on six points we've got five Ipswich do have a game in hand though uh, although if we are looking to the playoff places we're eight points so we've gained a point on the playoff places Sh- slowly but surely we're getting there uh, but yeah clearly we need an improvement good to see Alex Gilby off the bench Ben um, you know could if if he can, you know, again, I imagine for him, it's going to be minutes here and there for a little while. But if we can get him back up to fitness and we can find the player that sort of ended last season with, with, with the form he did, you know, a midfielder running into the penalty area, getting onto those Jaden Stockley flick-ons if it's going to be that way. Um, I mean, he could he could be big for us. And, and just from a personal point of view, obviously he had a tough time with COVID. So good to see him back out there. Yeah, great to have him back. Uh, obviously, you do feel sorry for him. Last season, came into the team, new sign-in, uh, didn't have the best of starts, but then got an injury and we didn't see him for a while, then a change of manager. Nigel seemed to come in and get the best out of him, uh, grabbed a couple goals, looked really lively. I remember that Plymouth game where he scored a really good goal and, and you're thinking, this is the midfielder that won uh, two player of the year awards at Milton Keynes Dons. This is why we've got him. He looks really good. And then, as you said, over the summer, gets COVID quite badly and it's taken him a while to recover. And looking at Tuesday night's performance, I know it was only a short glimpse, but he got a shot off and goal. He wanted the ball. He was just behind Davison. And um, well, and then when Stockley come on, just behind him, making runs. And someone that we needed playing uh, coming off the bench like that because I was looking at Albie Morgan, Ben Watson, they were just dropping and dropping and... When they were getting the ball, their their final ball wasn't good enough. So it was nice having someone like Alex Gilby to come on and, and show us that there is fighting for places, as Nigel was saying. Someone who's come on and, and done better in that second half than, than they did. And uh, yeah, some bit of pedigree behind them. And hopefully he can recapture that form that he did well in towards the end of last season and 
because we've missed him. And I think I got asked by a um, a blog in the week to write up about our season so far. And they said, well, what, what's happened from the end of last season when Nigel was doing so well to now? And I said, well, obviously a few things. But I said, we missed Gilby and Forster Kasky in the middle. There are two injuries from our team that struck up a relationship and it was working. So they're... Having him back is definitely a, a positive, but now there's a lot of players fighting for that same same position. And as Lewis just said, it's crazy the changes keep making. There comes a time when you just need to stick with who you think's going to be the best players in those positions, play a, a particular way, and make it work. Because otherwise, what was the point in getting all these players in if they're if they're not ready to have these? Uh, minutes to prove themselves. It mm. just, just won't work like that. And I imagine that's probably one of Nigel's biggest bugbears is the fact that he wanted that squad in earlier and obviously it didn't happen. So, again, questions of where, where the responsibility lies for that. Um, right, let's hear from the man himself, Nigel Atkins. Uh, we went and spoke to him after the game at Gillingham. This is what he had to say. Um, it could have been out of sight first half, couldn't we? I thought we played some really good football, uh, created you know, some really good opportunities. I thought Corey Blackett-Taylor's uh, movements and his skill to get away from his marker to set Elliot Lee with a very good finish by Elliot Lee, by the way, was um, was really good. And we had several opportunities, you know, we could have gone and uh, got the game won in that first half. Um, however, it wasn't, and we had to show a different side, that resilience that you need um, to uh, make sure that we've we've come away with something. The goalkeeper's made two unbelievable saves towards the end, hasn't he? You know, we just, that, that a bit of fortune's just not gone our way from there. But the lads have showed a great spirit. I mean, you look in the second half where the ball's coming forward and our two centre-half, all the way through the game, I thought the two centre-halves were, were superb in the way they've competed. But then like, you look, it's our first game for Ben Perrington. Excellent, really delighted with that. Corey Blackett-Taylor, what a threat. You know, you see him, managed to get 90 minutes. We weren't expecting him to get that much game time. You know, and then when we look at that, and it's great that we've got Alex Gilby back on the pitch. You know, he was instrumental for us last season. Elliot Lee in the pocket between the lines. I thought he had a super game for us. Real intelligent. Ben Watson just sat and he just managed to keep the game going for us. Um, I thought he's had a, a super game with Al, Al being there. And uh, it was a tough game. You know, it must have been a real good game for the supporters to go and watch because it was end-to-end. -end, it was exciting. As I said, we've, um, we've created a lot of good opportunities today. And unfortunately, we've not got the, the victory. But you can see there's a resilience and a spirit about the players which is very, very important. When you take that reaction in the first half as well, especially after Saturday, you needed to see something from your side, and I think you got that in the first period in particular. Very much so. I mean, the players have gone. We've changed the shape. We've gone. You know, I've talked about last season, you know, we've lost one game in 10. Um, I've changed the formation once in all them games. We've played with the, the formation we've started with today. We've started the season with this formation. We've adapted in a couple of games we had to. We've brought a, a large group of players in now just before the, the window transfer window shut. We've got to bed everybody down with a different level of fitness that we've got. Um, and finding that identity, I was really pleased with tonight when you look at it. Gillingham came out, it felt like a different side in that second period and, and had you under pressure for, for some spells. Listen, it's very challenging when the goalkeeper's getting the ball and he's booting it the length of the pitch. You know, you can't stop the goalkeeper doing that. You've got to be able to defend it and they're very good at doing that. You know, they'll get it forward, they'll win the first ball and you've got to land on the second ball. Uh, and then, But the spells where we did manage to get the ball and pass it. And again, we had some real good opportunities in the second half by playing some good football. Um, unfortunately, we just didn't get the, the second goal that we needed to, to go and win the game. Obviously, it's, it's another game without a win, but we, we try and see this as a step in the right direction, at least because of the performance level picking up. It is. You can see that the players are working the socks off for each other. So you can see that. You can see the amount of opportunities we've created, especially in the first half. You know, we could have gone and won the game. 
Uh, you can see that everyone's working hard for each other. We've got a squad of players that are getting fitter as, a, as the players have come in. Um, and from my point of view, there's a lot of positives to take from the game. Although we haven't won it, you know, there's a lot of positives. You know, we, we, it's been a challenging period for us. But I think you've got to be able to, to look at that performance um, and people coming back and people being introduced. You know, and there's a lot of exciting things in, in store for us. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Again to his left is Gunter. Gunter with the cross. It's a search across. That's a lovely header for Delaney Giacini. A searching cross from Chris Gunter. Giacini beats the Quetian to the ball against Chamberlain. Yeah, and we talk about this week in, week out about players anticipating coming in from the far side, getting inside the fullback. Spotting that cross early, making the run, anticipate, get across your man and meet it well. I mean, it's a very brave header from Jaya Seaman. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. We'll be looking ahead to the game with uh, Portsmouth shortly, but we're still sort of drawing a line under Tuesday evening's one-all draw uh, over with Gillingham at Priestfield. Uh, we just heard there before the break from, from Nigel Atkins. I mean, I... Uh, it was a bit of a weird interview. Like I didn't really quite know how to how how to frame it exactly when when we were down there because I mean we were so we were sort of saying amongst ourselves before we did the interview. I was like, well, it w- was an improvement, and I did ask Nigel if he saw it as like a step in the right direction. But as I said to Nigel, there's still another game without a win, and, and I'm sure he's well aware of that, Lewis. Um, can we take that as a step in the right direction? I think we can. I mean, it, the thing is with Nigel is. Our, the confidence of our players and, and the run we've been on has been so low. So we all know what he is as a person. We know he's a positive person and he will take it as a positive. You know, he he's very much a rose-tinted guy, isn't he, Nigel? And he's going to take it as a positive because he's better than, than what we've seen. You know, the performance overall in that first half was a real positive. It's just the negative is that we couldn't keep it up for the 90 minutes or or any period of that second half. Um, the problem is that that with that, I think supporters' expectations are obviously much higher still from from the what the goals were at the start of the season and what we set out to achieve, and that the performances haven't been good enough. So ultimately, on paper, when you're looking at a, a game against Gillingham and a, and a depleted Gillingham, I need to add that 
we should be winning those sorts of games. And and it was a good a good opportunity to to get three points, especially with that first half display and getting ourselves in the lead. And the you know the performance wasn't there in the second half, and we've ended up dropping that put those two points, and we're coming away with a draw. And while it may be a positive that we didn't lose it and we held on at the end, it's still you know it's not what supporters want at the moment. And they're going to be frustrated that, you know, that second half wasn't good enough. And maybe that wasn't acknowledged as much as the positive was of the first half. But that's just Nigel as a person. He, he always highlights the positives out. He won't speak too much of the negatives. And ultimately, he's probably doing that just to try and keep the confidence up in his players to show that they are capable of turning out that sort of performance. Yeah, I mean, another man who sort of highlighted the positive after the game, Thomas Sangard tweeted, Ben, a point on the board onward towards the next game. Uh, which, I mean, it got a bit of a reaction from the fans who I think... We'll probably look at our position in the league table after eight games and, and a point away at Gillingham as not a point on the board, but more, more two points dropped and, and a frustrating second half. Um, so, I, I mean, that got a lot of reaction. I, I'll ask you what you thought about that, but also um, in terms of job security for Nigel Adkins, I mean, it doesn't seem like it, he's going anywhere before the weekend. Uh, do, do you think, I mean, how how... Have you changed your mind or have you got a particular position that you want for Nigel Atkins? I don't think I've asked you yet, Ben. Um, <laughs> I'll put me on the spot. Um, Thomas's tweet, I mean, I think me and Lewis were talking to a couple of fans before the game and we just said, oh, sometimes I think he does tweet a little bit too much. He doesn't need to tweet every time a goal goes in and say, boom, 1-0 or anything because you end up with egg on your face, don't you, at the end of the day when you throw away a... Uh, a lead or something, you know, our social media is, other fans pick it up and go, ah, unlucky, what are you tweeting that for, blah, blah, blah. And look, I know he's trying to be positive, looking ahead, but as I said earlier, go be realistic. Well, what's going to happen? We're going to get to the Portsmouth game, uh, go 1-0 down, come back and draw 1-1 and go, boom, another point, here we go. And you're just getting point after point or we're losing games. It needs a point where we go, come on, let's look at our situation for the season I mean that season in 2012 when we won the league we only lost five games we've already lost five games look at Wigan they're flying high at the moment are we going to catch teams like that at the top I'm not saying we're going to get top two but playoffs where you've got to turn this around somewhere um, and comments like that are all right you're positive but they're not realistic we need to be winning these games and fans are going to get on their back of course they are because Fans went to Wickham. Fans um, sat through that again, and they're just seeing the, the same old, not not good enough. Yeah, and in um, terms of Nigel, in then, terms of, yeah, in terms views. of Nigel, I I've always said before, I think he needs ten games, um, and I, I still say that I give him to the Bolton game. If we haven't won, um, we haven't got four points. I want four points from the next two games at least. If we haven't got that, then. It's just going to be too slow this season. Um, and as you said earlier, a lot of the blame doesn't lie with him. I'm sure he wanted the players in a lot earlier and it's going to take time for the players to gel. I'm sure of that. But that start, those starting few games when we didn't have those players in, we still had a good enough team to win those games or grind out a draw. But we didn't do that. And I'm looking at him on Tuesday night, as I said, those first 10 minutes of the second half, when you could tell that they were on top and were going to score... Were, was he up there going, come on, boys, change our shape. This is not working. Leco, get out on that side. Watson, Morgan, they're running straight through. Dempsey's running the game. Get another man on Dempsey. Have a man sit on him. 
He didn't. He didn't change anything. It's the same against Cheltenham. I thought we should have made a sub before half-time. We're 2-0 down at home to Cheltenham. We should have changed it. We get a goal for half-time. It changes the whole mentality of the game. And I just think the key moment so far, he hasn't proven he he can change the game in our favour and, and get us a point at Cheltenham or get us three points on Tuesday night. So that's what I think we're lacking. And it all comes down to the manager at the end of the day. Slow transfer window or not, he's got to prove it. And if by the time Bolton come, well, the end end of Tuesday night against Bolton, and in my opinion, if we haven't got four points out of the next two games, then I think he's he's got to go, really. Mm, there we go. Right, let's have a look at some of the tweets that came in. John says that Corey Blackett-Taylor uh, has got some real talent and he's proven a lot of the doubters uh, wrong. Man in Pants said, I've just offered to take the wife to Ikea on Saturday. Uh, from 2.30 to 5. This is what Nigel Atkins has done to me. Oh, dear. Uh, hopefully you'll go uh, dress more appropriately than just in your pants. Um, uh, Platty says, uh, good to hear uh, Steve Gallen and Jed Roddy's openness and progress being made on the Charlton Athletic uh, Supporters Trust uh, meeting. Uh, in my opinion, we have the squad and thus Nigel must, uh, from the Pompey game, get them playing. Can't afford any more excuses. Uh, Gilby, Arter, Corey, Blackett, Taylor and Dobson to start for me. Uh, and wants to see Jaden Stockley and Davison uh, up top. Thanks, Platty. Allen says the first half against Gillingham was better and much more like a Charlton performance. The second half, not so, and invited the Jills to score. Once Lee went off, uh, we were playing for one point and not three. Taking Stockley out the side, we will look better if Connor uh, is not fit. I'd like to see Corey Blackett, Taylor, Lee and Lecco uh, in a front three uh, against Portsmouth. And then Phil said, shame we stopped playing after 30 minutes uh, against Gillingham. Corey Blackett, Taylor had a good game. Uh, I'm confused as to how he gets on the ball so much more than uh, than Charlie Kirk or DJ. Is it his work rate or is it the players looking for him more? I mean, that's a good point, uh, Lewis. I mean, before we hear the fans bar, Corey Blackett-Taylor has in, the, in, in that last game uh, against Gillingham and obviously the last 20 minutes or so against Wickham, he has got onto the ball when we have struggled to let Charlie Kirk and DJ do that. So that could play part in it. You know, we, we, we've spoken a lot about how we haven't got the ball to those players, but maybe Nigel is looking at it and saying, well, they need to get it for themselves sometimes. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I mean, I've not been uh, too, you know, disheartened with the way DJ has played. As I said earlier, I think that there have been performances from him and moments from him that have been similar to that of Corey's performance. Um, I haven't seen enough of Charlie Kirk yet, to be honest, to make too much judgment on him. I think we've we've covered before that Crew fans say he always performs better with an attacking left back to help him and support and overlap. And we, we've not had that. We've not had a left back at all in the games that he's played. Um, so that it probably is a factor, to be honest. I think it's a great point because you can't come on like you did Saturday and start yesterday and make that much of an impact compared to everybody else if you're not searching for the ball, if you're not hungry for it and, and maybe trying to prove a point. And, you know, long may it continue with Corey. And I, hopefully it, it cements a starting place for him Saturday because I, think, I thought he was absolutely outstanding, as I've already said. And it, it pays testament to... Proving the doubt as wrong as, as someone else tweeted earlier. You know, it came in with that with that reputation of maybe not having the attitude when you're on the back foot. And, you know, if there's any club on the back foot at the moment, it's us. And every time I've seen him play for us, maybe apart from that first cameo, he's impressed me. So, yeah, fair play to Corey. And hopefully he's the first name on the team sheet on Saturday. Right, excellent. We've got some more fan reaction to the game uh, against Gillingham. It sounds like it was a bit of a ruckus to get out of the ground on, on Tuesday and to get onto the train. So uh, there, there wasn't really a, a good point in time for us to get any reaction directly outside the ground but luckily Tash uh, has helped us out and recorded her thoughts uh, on the game against Gillingham and the future of Nigel Atkins. Definitely have 
mixed feelings when it comes to the game last night. I mean, I think Stephanie gave me two halves. Um, and, you know, I'll give you, I think the first half was the best I've seen us play um, for this season. I thought we looked a lot more organised. Um, I just think having two up front works so much better for us. Um, so, you know, actually credit to Atkins for making that change. And, you know, it actually worked out well for us and Lee scored a really good goal. Um, but I just thought second half, it just mirrored, the majority of it just mirrored what has been our problem for the last couple of weeks, which is literally just inviting pressure. There's no real desire to win the ball back, letting the opposition team have all the possession. Um, and I just, you know, it's a shame. I think if, if the halves had been the other way around, I probably would have left the ground feeling quite positive. Um, but I think, you know, it was the same as Wickham. We left it too late to kind of get into the game. And obviously they saved a really, they even made a really good save in one of our chances. Um, but equally they hit the post. So I think still a lot to be improved upon. I mean, I, I want it to work out for our kids, I do. No one wants the ad of having to change the manager and having to do all that again. But at the same time, it's not like we're in the championship and it's acceptable to be losing games. Like, in the context of everything, we're in League One. We need to be doing better than this. You know, one win, it's not good enough. Um, And unfortunately for Atkins, I think I'm reluctant to want to, and I think lots of fans are reluctant to want to waste time seeing where it will go with him as opposed to bringing in someone who could arguably do a better job. So whether that would be, I don't know. But, yeah, I just think all in all, I felt there were the glimmers of hope yesterday, but I think overall it still lacks our standards, really, and, and what we'd expect. Thanks, Tash, for doing that for us. Uh, some, some really uh, good points uh, made there. We've also got some emails in as well. Hi to Jonathan West uh, from the Upbeats. I uh, hope, hope you're well, mate. I hope you're enjoying the show. And then Ray says, uh, I think Adkins' days are numbered unless he can get the players performing consistently. Uh, the squad is uh, strong for League One. Getting the right blend to play the tactics Nigel wants is proving harder uh, than it should be. The Gillingham first half was positive. We could have been out of sight by half-time uh, and created plenty of chances, but the team... Uh, all put in a seven or more performance uh, and for us to climb the table that has to be the standard as a minimum based on this performance it does not appear Nigel's lost the dressing room though I cannot uh, fault the endeavour shown I believe the fitness of the players and the late transfer dealings have had an effect on performances many of the new boys are still uh, waiting to gel how fit are the likes of Arteleco, Suarez, uh, Blackett, Taylor who haven't played that fo- uh, that amount of football over the last few uh, months uh, lots of the fan base are calling for Nigel's head uh, but I do really worry because I don't see many suitable an- uh, managers if any that would keep us within budget all of our success has come from a period of stability and building slowly uh, the likes of Lawrence uh, Kerbsley Powell and Bowyer all at some point in their managerial days came under pressure uh, regarding results and look what keeping them on uh, gave us uh, realistically Nigel has to improve dramatically on results I'm not sure that getting rid of the manager is currently uh, the way to go he says performances and style of football must improve I'm sure we all agreed it's a long season we're capable of putting a run together uh, that will see us climb the table hopefully that starts now I want to see what Nigel can do with this squad and to give him a chance thanks uh, as ever for the great podcast keep up the good work that's uh, Ray yeah cheers Ray um, interesting stuff right uh, on Saturday coming up um, it's going to be uh, 
uh, quite an emotional day, I'd, I'd guess, is the fair thing to say at the Valley. Now, um, of course, you'll all remember at the start of the, the pandemic, we lost our super fan, Seb Lewis, uh, to coronavirus. So he was on 1,076 consecutive games. Friend of the show, he used to listen, and, and, and we had him on the show a few times. Uh, me and Ben and Lewis and all of us would always go and say hello whenever we saw him. Uh, around the ground now on Saturday uh, you may be aware that a mosaic is being uh, unveiled uh, at the stadium now uh, obviously the idea or the fundraising first came from from Brogue Steve I think Stevens I think is his surname but um, Brogue's away at the moment so I wasn't able to speak to him for this but he will hopefully be on BBC Radio London tomorrow night because he did put in a lot of hard work for this so uh, we haven't forgotten Brogue but I spoke to Heather uh, Alderson from the Supporters Trust uh, and she uh, filled us in on how the idea came around. Well it all started really with um, with Brogue. Brogue um, set up a fund for a statue in fact after uh, Seb sadly died and he raised around uh, £10,500 and uh, for that cause and I think it was um, around sort of April, May uh, last year in 2020 and towards the back end of the year the, uh, the supporters trust approached Brogue to see whether he needed any um, help and support in, in, in taking the project to fruition and uh, he, he said great and and we sort of got together and he uh it was really a case of of kind of looking at statue options and and to be perfectly truthful the cost of those that we thought you know what there might be something better here what about doing a mosaic because what that would be do is it would kind of make sure that it was something that um could be could be flexible it could be in color uh and so on and uh, we we put that to um to Seb's family and a, f- a few other people, and the, and the idea was as very warmly embraced. Uh, so what we did is we put a brief out to um, various mosaic studios, and uh, Paul came back with a, a fabulous idea that people will see for themselves on on Saturday. Um, the, but the idea of it really was to make sure that it was really truly recognisably Seb. But in fact, it kind of spoke to all of us as fans and kind of get, gave us that feeling of what it meant to to be a Charlton fan. So um, since then, what what's happened is that uh, the museum got involved, which was great because we were really able to research um, the, the details of how to make that a really authentic piece. Uh, so really grateful for uh, Clive and Ben and the rest of them at, at the museum for that. And then... Um, Kishan at the club came up with the the kind of the trump card, if you like, which is he found a place at the the foot of the stairs in the West End car park, which would meet, which means now that Seb is going to be situated alongside all the other kind of Charlton heroes for uh, for immortality, which is which is just amazing to have a fan. Um, across the way from us lifting the uh, FA Cup in 1947, not far from Chris Powell uh, and so on and so forth. Hmm. And it's uh, sort of so where that, I... That's I, how I rem- we got that, where we are. <laughs> yeah, and I remember finding... So I used to often see Seb outside sort of the, the, the players' entrance uh, after a game, a home game. He used to hang around there. So that's sort of where I often remember oh, seeing him as then. well. So yeah. that works quite nicely. So so where, where, where do the fans need to meet on, on Saturday and what, what time, what the time is, etc., in order to see the, the unveiling? 
yeah, so it's um, two o'clock, the West End car park. Um, it would be great to have as many fans as possible to uh, assemble to play tribute uh, to Seb. Uh, Seb's father, uh, Lionel, will be will be there to unveil the, the mosaic, and uh, Richard Wiseman from the Supporters Trust is going to say a few words as well. So it would be really great for that to be both uh, a solemn occasion because we're going to remember somebody that even if we didn't know him, we all miss him, I think, and miss what he represents. But equally, kind of a quite an uplifting one because it, it kind of shows us all what it means to be a Charlton fan. So um, I, for one, am, I'm looking forward to that. There we go. Thanks to, to Heather uh, and, and to Brogue and, and to everyone involved in that, the museum as well, by the sounds of it, and the Supporters Trust. Um, yeah, so two two o'clock on uh, on Saturday uh, behind the West Stand will, will be a chance to to remember Ben, a fan that we were both uh, extremely fond of, and and I think really this is the first time we can all come together. You know, obviously since since the pandemic sort of you know we've been able to come back into the ground. This is the first time we've really all, all sort of come together to do something very special for him. Yeah, seems like it'll be a real fit and tribute to him. Um, obviously, as you come out of the train station, you've got Seb 1076 up on the wall, which is uh, always really nice to see. Um, but yeah, what what a fan he was. He followed us up and down the country, no matter what the score was. And uh, he, well, he had his Twitter, he had his Facebook. Oh, those, that famous uh, Facebook albums he had where he put up every photo that he took from um, from Charlton Games, and a lot of them were just his travel up there, weren't they? His uh, Daily Star newspaper, he'd find a coral uh, betting shop to put his uh, his accumulator on for the day, his blue WKDs, and me and you would always spot him on the way back, wouldn't we? From Northern Away days, we'd always see him having uh, his uh, last drink of the day in a, in a pub before he went off home, and... Um, yeah, I miss looking at his photo albums. I love looking at them. Um, he had some uh, great memories and him always doing the worm. He's definitely missed. Um, and uh, yeah, seems like it'll be a real fitting tribute. So fair play to everyone involved. Seems like um, it's taken a while to get it going. Obviously, with with the COVID situation, people not get, being able to get together and work out the best way to, um, to remember him by. But um, yeah, can't wait to see it. And uh, yeah, hopefully... Um, It'll be a real fitting tribute to him and everyone will be able to show their respects and, uh, yeah, always remember him and look at that song that everyone's singing nowadays. It's, everyone's singing it every game and uh, shows uh, how every Charlton fan remembers him in a, in a real good light and so they should. Yeah, certainly should. Right, so, yeah, make sure you're there at 2 o'clock in the West Stand uh, car park to remember uh, Seb Lewis. Right, let's look ahead then to the game with Portsmouth. Uh, Lewis, they're sitting in 12th, Pompey. Um, again, a side that, that would have gone into this, this season with um, high hopes, high expectations. Uh, but they're, they're winless uh, in, in five or six in all competitions now, six in all competitions. Uh, and if you look at their in, in League One, uh, they, they've lost four, well, they've lost three of the last four. Uh, only just about rescued a, a point against Portsmouth late, against Plymouth late on during the week. So. Yeah, not 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 the season they they were hoping for. Obviously, we know that the, the Cowley brothers they had their their sort of budget slashed, um, but still, when when you're a, a club with the name Portsmouth in League One, you expect to be doing not that we can talk, but you expect to be doing better. Yeah, I spoke to the guys uh, on the PO4 podcast yesterday about about just that really that their start's been a bit a bit false, but similar to us, not quite as bad, obviously, and quite as extreme. But I think their aspirations 
aspirations match ours, really. You know, they're expecting to get out of the division, as you said, a name like Portsmouth for a side that should be pushing for it. I think their frustrations probably carry over a bit from last season as well, um, with playoff disappointment and form when the Cowley brothers came in wasn't quite what they wanted. Um, I think they've got a few injuries at the moment, and, but again, they've got a great squad. And um, yeah, it'll be a tough game, and especially Saturday, you know, at home, they always tend to sell out the away end at the Valley as well, which is... Um, which is going to be, you know, tough for us, I think, especially with our sort of the pressure is going to be on us big time because there'll be a large away crowd and a noisy away crowd um, getting behind Portsmouth. And, you know, we've, we're going to need our fans to be on side. And if we're going to do that, we're going to have to play that more attractive football that, that will do that rather than resorting to what we have done and fans getting frustrated early because I think it will turn very quickly if, if we don't turn up on Saturday. So, I think we need to really, really focus on playing that that football we played in the first half against Gillingham, you know, a bit more on the floor um, and a lot more movement rather than just resorting to the long ball and hoping for the best because Portsmouth have got decent League One centre-halves that will easily suss out that long ball. And speaking to the guys yesterday, it would favour Portsmouth if we played that system. So I'm hoping that, you know, I'm pretty sure Nigel would have done his research on this, doesn't need me to tell him what he's doing. Um, but... Yeah, I think we it need, it's important that we churn out a performance a lot more like that first half, a bit more exciting, create chances. Players like Corey Blackett-Taylor getting people off their feet with, with darting runs and stuff will be really important, especially with a sold-out away end. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a good opportunity for us to to try and turn it around. And with a big bumper crowd there on Saturday, I think it's going to be a really interesting one. Excellent stuff. Right, let's hear from Nigel Atkins ahead of the clash. Uh, with Portsmouth at the Valley, uh, the Addicts boss says there's always an element of surprise when you take to the field these days. Quite interesting that even in League One, the Championship, League Two, Premier League, there's a lot of teams play different formations now instead of like maybe just one or two formations. And teams are very flexible. The opposition we're going to play at the weekend, they've changed their formation in the last two games to to match up to how the opposition have, have set up their formation, if you like. But we look about the opposition we're going to go and face in this first game. They want to play out from the goalkeeper, who's exceptional, by the way. You know, I think he starred for the Republic of Ireland teams, didn't he? And he brings the ball out and he distributes the ball very, very well. He plays like an outfield player. So that makes them very expansive in, in how they want to go and build play. So that makes them very dangerous. and They're very good at doing that. Uh, and we have to understand that at times they're going to have a good possession of the football. Um, but likewise, we've got to make sure that we can get the ball and give them a threat. And I, again, they've just highlighted the threats that we've got, especially when you look at the last game that we had, um, especially in the first half. Um, we've got threats about ourselves as a team. So uh, we've got to make sure that, one, we can try and be good defensively to get the ball off them. And two, when we've got the ball, let's go and make sure we can give ourselves an opportunity to go and score goals and be exciting in our play. There we go. Nigel sort of saying about how Portsmouth... Um change formation a bit obviously we have done a few times as well this this season um in terms of team news obviously we know Connor Washington went off injured Ben he um he had a knock on the ankle or the heel or something uh and I mean all Nigel said today was that he's, he's been in and responding to treatment so he didn't really give much away as to whether he's going to be fit enough to start uh on, on Saturday but let, let's assume he's not um who would you like to see re- re- replace him obviously Jonathan Lecco came on at half time uh, against Gillingham, but I don't think really made much of an impact. W- would you like to see Leco come in to start? We don't really know, again, quite how fit he is just yet. No, I probably wouldn't like to see Leco start, just because 
as you said, when he come on, I, I don't know what position he was playing, but whatever position he did play, it didn't really threaten him enough. Um, it threatened them when Washington was outside and he would drag their fullbacks out. Um, so a player that could, could play that role. Um, and I mean, we Lewis spoke about him earlier. I'd love Jayasimi to come back into that role and um, and just really hug the touchline and open the game out wider because I think that's when we're more dangerous. So I'd love to see him come back into there. Um, and I, I, I didn't go to the Wickham game, but I heard Dobson played okay there. I don't understand why he keeps playing him and then dropping Dobson back in. I mean, I wasn't particularly impressed with, with Morgan and Watson in that second half. I think they let us down and their midfield had free reign. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if they got changed. And if Gunter was dropped for that game, it wouldn't surprise me if he comes back for Matthews. But I was really impre- uh, pleased with Ben Paris and I hope he has a, a regular stay in the team. Um, it was good to have him back. He's a good, solid player like that. Um, but yeah, my my uh, opinion, I'd have DJ uh, playing instead if Washington's not there. But as he hasn't been on the bench the last couple of games, I can't imagine that happening. But someone said Washington um, having Davison and Stockley up front. Well, yeah, that could work because um, just a bit of legs to draw the attention away from Stockley. So yeah, that could work. I'd, I'd probably go with that. Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess there's plenty of choices that Nigel Atkins could made. I mean, we've already mentioned he's made six changes and then seven changes the last two games. So there's players not in the side on on, on Tuesday who, who could come back. The likes of Harry Arter, Pap Suare. Um I mean, is there anyone you're desperate to see back in the side? Atkin Fainwo being being rested or dropped? I don't know which one you want to call it on on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I think I'd like to see Akin come back in because I think he's got a lot more about him when it comes to playing the ball out from the back than Piercy has. Um, I'd like to see him come in because I think he's been a good performer. It was a bit of a disappointing performance at Wickham, but it was that new defensive shape really with the three at the back. And I just think he struggled and, and perhaps Suarez got caught out of position a little bit, which dragged Akin over. So I think it was a slightly harsh um, decision to drop him, but you know, I'd like to see him come back in and I really want to see DJ come back in. I, I don't, really get the the absence I, I haven't heard anything about an injury as i've said already so i'd like to see dj come in because i think having him either side of a striker with um with Corey blackett taylor would be dangerous and that's exactly what we're screaming out for something that's going to get the fans off their feet so that's what i'd like to see if you're going to go one up top again i mean we were creating so many chances and, and getting the ball into the box on tuesday night that you're kind of thinking, well, imagine if Stockley was there. He could be getting on the end of these and converting these chances. So even if we did bring Stockley back in on his own, I'd like to see that system. But we've just got to utilise playing it on the floor more because we look so much more impressive doing it that way. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'd like that to be the case. I think DJ deserves to come back in 100%. Yeah, I mean, now or never time then. I think we've said this a few times, but for Nigel, he, need, he needs a result. He needs something Ben to, to to give us a real fillet before before you know we we go into the rest of the season. I think if we can get if we can turn it on if we can sort of recreate that first half against Gillingham, this Saturday could be massive for him. Yeah, we need something. We need a bounce, as um, as Lewis was saying. It gets to a point in the away end where fans are turning on him um, because they're fed up of seeing the same kind of performances. But if we have, if we see a good performance, if we see the players really trying out there and giving it their all and we leave it all out there, then we're all pleased. We've we've got a bit of bounce back in the club. That's that's what we need. Um but if we see a performance where we kind of it's 
this Jekyll and Hyde performance that we saw on Tuesday is just not good enough. The players we've got in abundance there now, we can't keep pulling up the same excuses. We've got to work out the eleven and and play to our strengths on the floor like we did in the first half and try and exploit Portsmouth's weaknesses. Let's make it about us rather than saying it's going to be a tough game because Portsmouth are a good side or we're a good side. So let's work to our strengths. Yeah, we need to prove that though, obviously. Right, we've run out of time uh, on the big match preview. Thanks to all of you who've listened. Looking forward to the game on Saturday. I'll see you all there. Thanks to everyone who sent messages in. Thank you, uh, Benji and to Lewis for joining me on the show. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Good to speak to you both. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again on Sunday.